0: Hey, this is Sani. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Did you get excited about going back to school, Samantha?
1: Uh, I think it was according to what year it was. So when I was younger, I was very excited all mm-hmm. the way up to about fifth grade. And then after that, dread. What about
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I I think I really really liked like getting a new set of markers or like that stuff. I got really excited about that aspect. Oh, I love those trapper keepers. I loved those. Oh yes. Oh, the organizing and the getting the color coded tabs. Yes. So I was very materialistic about it. I guess I liked that, but I also dreaded it. I was a very nervous person when it came to. Uh, meeting new people and what is this teacher going to be like and well what if this year is the year that I can't I don't get all A's and my life will be ruined.
1: I think my bigger fears were more so of having to and I remember being very very clear having to sit with people who would tell me all the fun stuff they did for the summertime Mm. in which I did nothing because my family, we couldn't really afford to do much. So we would go on vacation every four years and it would always be the Smoky Mountains. That was it, that Mm -hmm. that was it. Um, So, and that kind of stopped in my, before I hit middle school, which is probably another reason again. And um, so I, I always had this feeling of dread of having to sit here and listen to all my friends talking about going to uh, the country or to the beach or right. doing all these amazing things or going to all these little camps that, you know, my parents couldn't afford. So I'm like, I stayed at home and I watched a lot of Anna Green Gables. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And read. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a source of tension for me too. We did usually travel to my grandparents' house, but that was all we did. Um, and I think I, I, I was saved, though, by the fact that I had, quote, like, the cool house that oh, had yeah. a basketball goal outside. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I had some stuff going on. Okay. I was okay. an outdoorsy kid. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start with that because today we're going to be talking about um, going back to school because that is coming. And some countries, that will happen and here in the U.S., where uh, we're not handling uh, the pandemic well, our government isn't handling it well, and the situation has gotten worse, and it continues to get worse, the government is, is pushing for schools to reopen, and we just wanted to talk about that and what it looks like for women and for, for everybody, because um, it's very frightening. And, and as Samantha and I have said more than once, sometimes more jokingly than others, thank God we don't have kids. Right. Because I, I can just feel like in my heart when I talk to my friends who do have kids. Right. That fear and that stress.
1: Definitely something that I've asked my parents because they watch the grandkids, uh, my nieces, who do go to school and go to high school. Um, and that's a concern. First, I want them to be okay, uh, the grandkids, the my nieces, as well as the fact that they do hang out with my parents who are a little bit older and mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And then my sister is actually a teacher as well. And so right. these are kind of big questions. Like, what do you, what's happening? Why, why are we even talking about this? And the fact that um, Betsy Davos, as well as uh, the president, seem to undermine what is being said by the CDC, not seems to, are undermining uh, what is being said by the CDC and what should be happening and why schools are kind of dangerous right now. Mm -hmm. It's really, really sad to hear that this is a constant conversation and they're kind of turning the whole idea that these kids are at risk if they're not at school because of things that are happening in the homes, which could be matched with, why don't we actually take care of them while they're at home Mm -hmm. instead? Yeah. That's an issue overall because they're always going to go home. So, why are you changing all of this all of a sudden to like you actually care about feeding the kids as you are talking about suspending and, and putting more debt on children who can't pay for school lunches on top of
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> regulating what kids are able to do, slash, are able to have in funding wise? So, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very disheartening to see. And, um, it just blows my mind. This, this people acting like, well, kids don't really get it. I'm like, have you ever hung out with a kid? Like, right. <laughs> everybody, everybody
1: I know who is a parent is sick all the time because right. of their kids. And sure, the death toll uh, is smaller for children, it seems right now. But we're still not talking about the everlasting effects of what is happening. Yeah, with COVID, as well as the fact that a small number should be a concern. Yes. And, <laughs> and also still like thousands. <laughs> the kids
0: kids aren't the only people in schools. I have friends who are teachers as well and they're very frightened by this whole thing. So yeah, uh, (laughs) we did want to talk about this today. right?
1: So as in fact, the teachers are so concerned, uh, there are several that are fighting back or pushing back or asking a lot of big questions. The Florida Teachers Union, one of the bigger ones, is actually suing the government, the state government, about reopening. They um, asked the judge to actually stop the governor as well as the educational commissioner from requiring the in-person schooling. So it's kind of interesting to see how quickly people are like, uh -uh, uh-uh, wait, wait, wait. We need to have this conversation, what's happening, especially because they're not talking about, once again, the CDC guidelines or anything of the such about how this should be done. They're trying to find out, you know, if they can reduce the number of kids in the class sizes, as well as that they all are getting (laughs) adequate protective gear, which we know is already an issue in hospitals.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's no plan in place at all. It's just send them back, reopen.
1: Sadly enough, the White House has blocked the CDC from testifying in front of Congress about whether or not it is safe for the children to return to school and for the teachers and for the staff, which says a lot about the overall dismissiveness that they have for our teachers, at the same time calling them heroes. This is such an absurd, absurd, backwards idea that I don't understand why they wouldn't take one of the biggest... uh, experts and talking about this specific type of disease, which we're trying to still get a handle on mm-hmm. to help keep our kids and our staff and our teachers safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Pence who said something like, well, we don't want the guidelines to hold people back. And I'm like, well, then what are the guidelines for? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and further concern is one-third of teachers are at higher risk, over 50. 76% of teachers are women. So this is impacting women more.
1: Exactly. And as well, again, I was talking about my sister being a teacher. She is going to have her youngest one. Um, The older one is in college now, and she's doing great. Good job, Gracie. Uh, (laughs) But she is going to go ahead and have her homeschool while she mm-hmm. has to go in to teach, because she cannot not teach. That's just a part of the thing. They have, she works and her husband works, and this is how they provide for themselves as well as their children, one who is in college and one who wants to go to college. And mm-hmm. it's just an absurd thing that she has to battle this and do two separate things in knowing that it's going to be better for her daughter, but can't put that safety on herself.
0: Yeah, and that's another... Part of this is um, if we look at homeschooling, and I know we talked about this in a past Monday Mini, but a lot of that is falling to women. Although I did find a really recent... New York Times survey that found that more than half of men said they were doing most of the homeschooling, but only 3% of women agreed with them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of an inconsistency there. I, I kind of really want to see what that looks like. I want to know who are the ones saying that they're also homeschooling. Is it because they're participating in helping also? So they're considering that? I'm also homeschooling. I don't know. You know what I, I mean? I did it know. once out of this week, so that means I'm definitely homeschooling.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I think 3% is a very telling number. I will say right, that. Right,
1: um, Some of these wives are not agreeing.
0: No, 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 no. Or partners. Um. Yeah, And and for some people, like you say, Samantha, there's no option to not go to work for one reason or the other. So what do you do in that instance? And then on top of that, for a lot of those people in that situation, can't afford childcare. So this is a really difficult, difficult situation. And there are, of course, issues like, it frustrates me when people frame this as, don't you want kids to go back to school? Yes, everybody wants that to happen, but it's not safe and there's no plan. Um, There are issues about kids not only getting food at at school or getting a good chunk of food at school. Um, There's already been research that shows that American children have been set back seven months in terms of what um, they should be on the path of learning. I think with math specifically, um, where they should be. Uh, So yeah, it's it's not good, but... uh,
1: I mean, that conversation also leads to how are we actually teaching, what are the resources, and why are right. we providing the correct resources? A part of this is, again, talking about the fact that not all children have access to internet yep. and or a computer. Not all of them are able to actually learn from a computer. We also know right. that IEPs or individual education plans are oftentimes used for children with some maybe having uh, some type of learning disability and or uh having some type of diagnosis, which prevents them from being able to learn. And some of them have behavioral issues due to their learning disabilities. And so they have to have another kind of individualized plan. They do not help when your children are being sat in front of a computer saying... Good right. luck. So we know all of that. But that's also just a kind of a tell on how our education system has already been failing yeah. our kids and how some of these things to be rethought. That's a bigger picture, I know. That's a bigger conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, don't get me started on IEPs because I can go on for days because I would have to fight with teachers. I love you teachers. Please understand. Um, <laughs> because they are exhausted. And uh, trying to implement these individualized plans, but not being able to do so because they are not—they are understaffed, mm-hmm. they're overworked, and they're not given enough resources. So all of these big things have happened, and then when you put that into the scope of good luck at home, of course we've set our kids up to fail. The yeah. end. That's exactly what has happened. So yes, we are behind because they're at home, but we are also behind and have been behind because our education system is not on par in what we need to do for the children. Big opinion, I know. Yeah.
0: No, no. Um, I think that's a great point, and kind of going back to what you said in the beginning, like there, there are these issues that are now being politicized and weaponized that we should have been dealing with before. It points to these bigger problems that you are talking about. Right. Um, I mean,
1: we could talk about standardized testing, but... Again- <laughs> Another thing. The Monday mini becomes the Monday
0: marathon.
1: (laughs) Monday Samantha rant.
0: Sorry. I love it. We should (laughs) rebrand. Just you (laughs) ranting and me agreeing.
1: Well, I mean, that does talk about, and we're not going to get into it, but the 15 year old who has been detained because she had refused to do her homework. Of course, there's a bigger part to that story um, in her noncompliance and her mom reaching out for help. And the only solution that the juvenile court had was detainment. So she's mm-hmm. been there since uh, May 15th on lesser charges. Uh, we'll just say it's misdemeanor in comparison to the other charges that children will get. Um, and it's absurd, obviously, once again, that she is still there, by the way, mid-May till now. And those are bigger questions of her not being able to complete the work on her computer. And it's kind of an absurd thing because, again, this goes to that conversation of, how is the system failing our kids? Yeah. Yep. Um,
0: And also, yeah, we talked about the issues around abuse as well that have been happening. So there's a lot. um, A lot. lot. lot I
1: know, I I don't know if you read the article where they said um, when in the early 1900s when they had the epidemic, they were talking about the fact that the reason they were able to have kids back at school is because they had it outdoors.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did and so not. it was
1: less spreadable, supposedly, ah. as well as I believe they were given masks. Um, I would have to go back to that. But yeah, it was kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. Obviously, it can't really work for a lot of situations like Florida, which rains apparently at every day at 4 p.m. Is that right?
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that is correct. <laughs> I've been
1: taught this. <laughs> uh, you know, in anywhere in the South, sweltering heat, that gets up to 100 something degrees up until like October mm-hmm. of every year. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of questions that need to be asked who are we doing this for? What are the motives and why are we pushing so hard instead of listening to the experts and those who are going to be truly affected and those are the teachers and parents too. I can't imagine, again, as you were talking about, the fact that they don't have any other way of doing this other than I have to put my kids at school so I can go to work or I cannot afford daycare or childcare of any of the sorts or the mere fact that they don't know how to teach their kids
0: in the home. I mean... If you haven't been trained for it, of course. (laughs) It's not easy.
1: When I was a nanny, I would joke about the fact and it had been like 10 years since I'd been in college, I think. No, not even that. I think it was like five years since I'd been in college. I was a nanny for a split second and the homework that they would bring to me, I would just sit there and stare. I'm like, literally (laughs) in the fourth grade, I don't know what math this is. (laughs) What is this? And having to relearn math myself, which should have been basic and remedial. And I was good at math up until like, Mm-hmm. 10th grade. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? What is this? So I can't imagine doing that now much, much later with my own kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I think my niece showed me like some newfangled way they were doing division. And I was like, what is
1: this? <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to get to that too, I was like, this is not how you do it. No,
0: that's not <laughs> how I was taught. Kids these days. Kids. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah. So uh, we would love to to hear from any uh, teachers or parents, um, concerns, plans, whatever you have. I know we have listeners in other countries where school is reopening and and, and there is a safe plan in place. We'd love to hear from you too. What's that like? And you can you can email us. Our email is stuffmedia stuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Mom stuff Podcast or on Instagram at Stuff i Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producers, JJ Posway and Andrew Howard. Thanks, y'all. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.